0: Can Kenny Pickett return in time to face the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football? We'll talk about that. And even if he does, what does this offense have to do to stop making mistakes all over the place? That and our week eight grades here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's stars and skulls day here. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers, as long as you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets by with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit faildocom slash locked on to get started so let's get started about the, the the offense this week now short turnaround tough situation but a good sign that Mike Tomlin is saying uh that Kenny Pickett the door is left ajar for him the fact that they didn't rule him out and it kind of makes sense when you look at how that situation played out if you were following along during the game as I was I wasn't there but uh you know, you remember when Kenny Pickett took that shot? Looked really rough. Looked like he was grabbing his ribs. Went to the locker room, and then I think it was uh, this, the Steelers' PR staff tweeted out that you know he had a chance to come back into the game, and then you saw Kenny Pickett at halftime throwing on the sidelines. Looked like he'd be a part of it, and then all of a sudden, Mitch Trubisky was going back in. So told me that maybe the injury wasn't as serious as it you know as 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 it looked initially um but of course then he couldn't get get back out there for the rest of the game but so it makes sense that he's going to they're at least going to say, like hey what's his comfort level with with his ribs? you know how 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 comfortable does he th- feel throwing the ball running uh and doing the normal things that he needs to be a quarterback this this year th- this week so the Steelers they're going to pra- they're going to practice Tuesday and Wednesday they'll see they'll see how that plays out into uh their schedule this week but again a short week certainly doesn't help but even if Kenny Pickett does return to the off to, to start for the offense, and I do think the Steelers need that because, you know, Mitch Trubisky will get to his play in our grades, but uh, you kind of saw what you had in that situation and you're trying to grow with Kenny Pickett right now. But even if he does come back, what what does this offense do when, if, if it continues to make popcorn mistakes and when I say popcorn, popcorn is a, you know, a common phrase in football when mistakes are coming from all over the place. Like when popcorn, popped it can it doesn't come from one spot it comes from all over and the more and more you look at the tape there were especially in the in the in the passing game it it was it was very difficult to pinpoint one person who was at fault for the majority of the uh, of the of the game you know Kenny Pickett missed some opportunities Deontay Johnson dropped some passes then Deontay Johnson getting wide open running great routes uh and then not and then not being thrown the ball um and when you see those problems happen across the board and little things here and there, Brian Baldinger, uh, NFL analyst, I listen I listen to, I, I, I read, I watch whenever he talks because that guy knows football, you know, he's bringing it out. I, I still think that this is an offense that if they can eliminate just some of these routine mistakes and not, not, not saying that these mistakes are routine themselves, but mistakes on routine plays, if they can limit those. It just lets the offense do what it's supposed to do, and they can start building. It's the same thing we talked about in the Rams game. They hit a couple plays in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, everything started to click. But you have to hit those plays. This offense seems like it requires a lot on momentum. And again, not from a play-calling standpoint, but from an execution standpoint. And you look at the tenor of how when Deontay Johnson was in the end zone and he breaks wide open, and Kenny Pickett sees him late, waits for it and then throws it behind him and Deontay Johnson slips and falls trying to turn back to get it. You just see the the physical frustration of Deontay Johnson, who still hasn't caught a touchdown, I believe, uh, since 2021 at this point. Like uh, you, you can feel that frustration across the board and that stuff seeps into everything and then it leads to more mistakes and more second guessing and more hesitance. And then when you're hesitating, that's when the defense is going to make their biggest plays on you. This offense, are is just a few routine plays away again again, not meaning some whole new playbook needs to be issued not meaning uh you know it needs to be a spectacular play where you know George Pickens win wins a jump ball with three guys and looks like Larry Fitzgerald and everything you don't you don't need any of that just make the plays in front of you and they do that a couple times this offense finds rhythm it rolls forward and you get some answers. And then you can build off things. Again, you saw that in the in the fourth quarter. it's second half, really, against the Rams. Najee Harris catches a short pass, turns it into a nine-yard gain, gets them into distance. They're able to do the quarterback sneak. The Steelers get a little bit of ground game. It opens up more things in the pass game. And because they're able to put Pickens and Johnson on other sides of each other. Defenses have to pick who they're going to cover. In fact, like, uh, you know, uh, Greg Cosell, another great NFL analyst, pointed this out leading up to this game. He said something that the Steelers are really doing, interestingly, play calling wise, is that they're having a lot of their receipt. They're having, you know, uh, a a group of receivers line up on one side of the formation, usually a tight end, two receivers, Johnson and Robinson or Johnson and, and Austin, along with like Connor Hayward or someone. And they'll put George Pickens all by himself on the on the other side of the field. And what it does is it forces a defense to say, OK, if you're going to double him, you're going to make it really obvious. And it makes it easier for Kenny Pickett to see things. And that's that led to some of the easy throws that he had in the Rams game, even early on in that game before the offense really caught on. And it wasn't the exact same situation, but it was a similar concept where they put Deontay Johnson in that situation in the red zone on the pass that Kenny Pickett missed him in the end zone. Connor Hayward you know, was on his side, and he was basically the rub route to kind of give him – to give uh, uh, Deontay Johnson the clear look there on his slant. But you saw, if you go back and look at that play, the Steelers had three offensive uh, you know, targets, three of their receivers, to the right of the formation. The Jaguars committed four players to that side because I think Pickens was over there. They were worried about him. And you get that one-on-one chance with Deontay Johnson, you got to be able to win those. These aren't complicated magical fixes, you know. I, you know, for all the Mike Tomlinisms that you know he says, that Mike Tomlin often says to try to, you know, keep media at bay from knowing what's actually going on in the Steelers locker room. You know, he said it. He said, you know, this months ago, and he brings it up often when people ask him. He's like, "There's no magic pill. There's no voodoo that has to happen." Even though you know he said, you know, uh, they 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 lost their their mojo. You know, he was saying that is just a as just a term for 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 reporters, but it, it's not a mojo thing. It's just a Just execute what's in front of you. And when you do that, you build confidence. And this team just needs that more than anything else. It's not a play-calling problem right now. And I think last week was another sign sign of that when you saw how they played against the Rams. Once they executed one or two plays, it led to executing one or two more. That's what this team needs more than anything else. And the question's going to be, can these guys do it? And it's not just the playmakers too, the offense, the offensive line, they have to be, they have to be on, on that point as well. The defense, I think that they're they're doing that right now. They're building, they're stacking. That was a really good performance against the Jaguars. We'll get to that in our stars and Skulls grades in just a minute. But the bottom line is this offense, to be better, it just has to execute what's right in front of it. It is not a magical pill, it is not a secret formula, it is not a uh, An and extra there's no extravagant poem here or speech to be made that's going to change everything. You gotta get you gotta get the job done in front of you, and that's where the Steelers are messing up. And if that goes back to coaching because they can't get them to execute, or it goes back to talent, that's what the Steelers may have to evaluate if this continues for the entire season. But we've seen these guys execute when these plays are drawn up. We just haven't seen it done consistently, and that's what tells me. This it's on the players to perform better in these situations. We'll get to who needs to perform better than most in our Stars and Skulls grades coming up here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We still have a whole lot to discuss here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, before we do any of that, we want to remind you that this show is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is, of course, the ultimate service that always helps you out whenever you need do, do, deliver food delivered right to you. Especially when you're getting ready to watch on game day, whether you're rooting for your team 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 on an empty stomach or you're rooting for your team while you're cook, get, getting ready to prepare your food, you can get food delivered right to your house as well as items to cook your food delivered right to your house on DoorDash. Personally, if I'm if I'm in Pittsburgh, I like Big Shot Bob's for my wings. I might get some try to get some videos, pizza, anything anything along the lines of great food in Pittsburgh, you can get delivered right to your house on DoorDash. You can also get amazing grocery options delivered right to you so that you can prepare your, your own food if you want, right, right getting, getting ready for the game on DoorDash. And right now on DoorDash, you can get 50% off, off up to a $10 value when you spend and $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms and supply. And again, if you want even more value, just sign up for a DashPass membership. When you do, you get a $0 delivery fee on all of your eligible orders. Get prepared before game day, stock up on your favorite appetizers, or just get the food that you want delivered right to you at that moment with DoorDash. And again, you get 50% off up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, all capital letters on one word. Subject to change, terms and conditions apply. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our discussion on the Steelers here, and uh, it's time to get to our stars and skulls right now. Some housekeeping notes first. Uh, Alan, well, you know, I wasn't able to get up with Alan on this show because I'm still technically on vacation. I'm still in California as I record this, Uh, where I'm going to try to get Alan on the Wednesday episode. to get that done but we will see how that plays out how that plays out he's my schedule is pretty crazy i know alan's a busy man but we'll try to get that get him back on here that's the only reason he wasn't able to get on is because i'm still out here in california recording i wanted to get this done as early as possible before i have to start my journey back to pittsburgh uh so that that's the only reason and also apologize for any prod, production qualities you know we know we're not in my set, set up studio at home so we're doing the best we can at the hotel that we're at right now so please forgive that now it's time for the start and skulls grades as always when we look at stars and skulls we have our rubric stars are, for, are good skulls are for bad and it's halloween and it seems like it's a good day to talk about the skulls we'll lead with the stars though because there were some actual star performances it's this we, we go through this thing in pittsburgh whenever the steelers perform Perform, you know, lose a game. Even if they, even if they don't perform all that terrible, uh, on on certain side, on you know, on one side of the ball, everyone's mad about everything. Which I guess that's what happens in here. So let's start off with the stars here, and there's more stars than I think people might realize that, or at least people that players that deserve stars in this in this game here. We're gonna lead off with this group here at the two stars because there were some two star players, and there were only four of them but I thought specifically Joy Porter Jr. was extremely solid in this game. They tried to go after him. It didn't yield that much. Uh, when you look at just the totality of, of his performance and where he was in this game and uh, you know the fact that they, they tried to go after him, they targeted him four times. He loved two catches for 20 yards against a pretty good receiving group. That's a pretty good day for me. And Mike Tomlin has said that he is now the starting cornerback moving forward. I know it's about time. They should have been done this. But to me, Joey Porter Jr. has more than earned this. He's he's come, he's come up. The Steelers have tested him left and right. And he has earned his starting spot. And I think that right now he's right on the path you want him to be, if you're a Steelers fan, to be a better player and to be a pillar player for this defense for years to come. We'll see how he keeps stacking, though, because – I got DeAndre Hopkins this weekend. Woo, boy. He went off last week with Will Levis. But we'll see about that in a bit. Other guys that got two-star grades. I gave a Landon Roberts. He had a sack and a half in this game, was really good in the pass rush, helped against the run. I thought he played really well. I also get Cole Holcomb two stars. The more I looked at this game, he was in place so many times. He was helping helping out a lot more. Um, the Steelers contained Travis Etienne. The guy averaged 3.3 yards per carry, 24 carries for 79 yards. Like I was talking about this with someone else. And I was like, oh, man, he was so much better on the ground than, than Najee. Like, he did have that long touchdown pass, that should have been intercepted because Devontae Casey mis- misplayed that at least from the angle that I've seen. Um, but uh, you know, but on the ground, the Steelers bottled him up. He had been dominating the NFL the last several weeks and that was not the ace in this, in this game you had. Uh, and I think a lot of large part of that was the Steelers defensive front, the linebackers, especially they continue to look good. Quan Alexander is also going get, to get a get a star in this great grade. So a little spoiler there for the for the single star grades there. But they're they're going on they're going around the place. They're getting better against the run. I think that's a really good sign for this defense moving forward. So shout out to both those linebackers. They played well and of course TJ Watt did get did just get just a half a sack, but he was just as important in stopping the run in this game. They were double teaming him left and right, and he was still fighting through it. Also, again, continues to get get all the time and not get called for and not get any calls to help help with, out with it. But again, CJ Watt, best defensive player in in the NFL. Now we go to the one stars, and some people might be thinking, well, there can't be that many. Well, when I look back at this, especially on the defensive side of the ball, there were. Keanu Benton was solid. Nick Herbig, another big play of forced fumble. Again, if he if, if he, if he gets on the field more than nine snaps, I can give him more stars, Because, but it's like he makes one play, and it's tough to give him two stars for the one play. But, man, he's, he, does he look good in the limited snaps that they're giving him. And it's tough to say, oh, get him on the field more. Well, what do you want him to do? To take the spot of T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith? They're pretty good, too. But, again, that's a good problem to have. Nick Herbig gets a star. Keanu Benton gets a star. Armin Watts gets a star. Montrevy's a Adams is start. This is back-to-back weeks where both Armand Watts and, and Adams have looked like assets to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's a step up because they were struggling mightily early on. We also got Marcus Golden, another good edge piece. I got to say Denzel Martin, the outside linebacker's coach for the Steelers, doing his job. These guys are executing. Even the new guy, Marcus Golden, and the rookie, Nick Hervey, that group is on point. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Larry Ogunjobi also got a star for his help in the run defense. Alex Highsmith also, as well, he got his, he got his, he got to the quarterback, also helped in the run defense, and of course George Pickens for scoring the touchdown, the one catch he had all game. So there are your stars, but there's also quite a few skulls and quite a few skulls on the heavier side of the negative grades. We'll get to those in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We got the Skull grades coming up here uh, on our Stars and Skulls grades episode on a Tuesday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we got to remind you that this show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America, and today – you can you you can get in on, on the action at FanDuel and get a great opportunity to get for new customers right now because new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar winning money line bet. Yes, that's $150 in bonus bets if your team wins when you're when you're betting on the money line at on FanDuel and just go to fanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with that. But the bottom line with FanDuel is that you're you're gonna get all these great options. You get, to play out, you get to use those bonus bets on player props, spreads, whatever you like. So right now, go on FanDuel. If you feel pretty good about a game, bet that bet that money line. If you bet $5 on that money line, you get $150 if you're correct there on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official part, sportsbook partner of the NFL. Go to FanDuel today to get started. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our grades episode here of the Steelers' 2010 loss to the Jaguars. And now it's time to get to the Halloween part of this episode. Happy Halloween, everybody, by the way, because it's time for the Skulls. And we'll start with the one Skulls. We'll start with it easy because there's quite a few to hand around. But I think the real story of the Skulls this week will come when we get to the three Skulls because I think this might be the most three Skulls I've ever handed out in my time doing stars and skulls for the show. But let's start with the one skulls. Uh, And some people might be looking at this and like, whoa, I thought this guy would get a lot worse. But hear me out. Keanu Neal, uh, just, he gets a skull again. Um, I didn't think he played terribly, but every time he was targeted, he gave up, he gave up reception. Um, The path, the the rough in the passer is not on him. That was a terrible call on the part of the officials. I'm not going at that, but uh, he's, he needs to be better in the pass. He needs to be better in the run. He just hasn't been the asset that they hoped when they picked him up in free agency. Demonte KZ, I gave him one skull because he did have that interception, and that's why he doesn't have more. But the I, I thought the deep touchdown was was on him and misplaying where he was in that zone defense. Just me in my opinion there, uh, and how that played out. Uh, but Demonte KZ uh, getting a one skull here. Now here's where the people are gonna. Presley Harvin also gets a, a skull for his poor punting. But here's where people are probably gonna be be really upset. Deontay Johnson, Mr. Bisky, Kenny Pickett, all I gave one skull grades. And you're probably like, what is, what is going on here? And everyone knows, especially on this show, I am one of the first people to talk about when Kenny Pickett is messing up and say, that, hey, this is on him. He needs to be better. And there were certainly moments in this game. But I felt when I looked back at this game and I saw some of the mistakes, this is where the popcorn comes into play, because I didn't think that. All the offense was on him in this game. Sure, he needed to hit Deontay Johnson in the end zone there. He had George Pickens wide open for what could have been a touchdown on a corner route in the first half as well. But there were also passes that he put on the mark for Deontay Johnson, and he straight-up dropped. It. But there were also plays for Deontay Johnson, instead of where I could have given him a two-skull grade, where he got open and he wasn't given the target. Or he made an amazing catch, like in the third-down conversion when Mitch Trubisky threw across his body, and Deontay Johnson made turn that into a big play. He did make some plays in this game, and that's why I wasn't going to, you know, to make it a complete two skull grade because of his two drops. Because otherwise, he actually had a good game outside of those two plays. They were big plays, but when you balance everything out, that's why I gave him a one skull grade. Uh And again, Kenny Pickett, if he had if he had done that for a full game, that would probably would have been a two skull grade there. But he didn't turn the ball over. Um, I Um Again, a popcorn mess of mistakes there that the Steelers went through with him and with the offense wasn't all on Kenny Pickett, but certainly not a good game. That's why he gets a one skull grade here. And Mitch Trubisky, he threw two interceptions. I thought about giving him a two skull grade for that one, but he also threw a really nice touchdown pass and had a really nice conversion to Deontay Johnson. It's tough to come in off back off backup duty and uh, make plays in a game like in a game like that that hasn't been going your way already and with other problems in the game that we I think were much larger and more important. So I gave him a one-skull grade, didn't dock him too much for that. But let's get to the two-skull grades because there's really only one. I call it – I gave it to Chooks a core four because Chooks in the run game was actually like one of the – it's funny, the right side of the Steelers' offensive line uh, was actually the 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 least problematic in this game, and Tuke still had a bad game. He he was getting bullied off the side. Travon Walker was eating his lunch. Uh, there were some times that he stood up for himself, which is why I didn't give him a three skull three, three skull grade. But James Daniels is the only offensive lineman I give a neutral grade in this game because actually when I look back, he wasn't the biggest problem on this offensive line. Tuke Shakurfor was a big problem, and the problem for the Steelers offense was that as we go to the three skull grades three of their five starting offensive linemen were three skull grades in this game. They were terrible. Mason Cole, arguably his worst game, and that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of bad games to start. Dan Moore Jr., arguably his worst game, and that's saying a lot because he's had some really bad games to start. But Isaac Sayomalu, three skull grade. that should not be happening from him. And he even admitted as as much after the game in the locker room saying he, he has to be so much better. This Steelers offensive line looked like it was starting to figure things out last week against Aaron Donald of all people and then just fell apart this week. And again, Mike Tomlin talked about at the top of the week, hey, Jaguars have a big physical up front group that is tough to stop. This offensive line should have done a lot better against that group. But when you look at what this offensive line needed needed to do, needed to do better at across the board, Mason Cole, Dan Moore Jr., Isaac Sayomalo, Chooks for James Daniels, Again, he's free for free, but they all need to perform better here. And if they do, again, you know, in opening up the run game, the Steelers get that much more space. If they can protect Kenny Pickett a little bit better, he's going to feel more comfortable in the pocket. And that, to me, is a big source of just all the problems that are going wrong with this offense right now. Is the offensive line needs to be more consistent on top of everyone else. The popcorn also includes these guys. And I got to say... I I said Dan Moore Jr. shut me up last, shut me up last week because I thought Broderick Jones should have been the starter after the Ravens game. But Dan Moore Jr. came in bald against the Rams. I am not shutting up now after, after this game against the Jaguars because he was just as bad there. So all that being said. I'm back on the start. Broderick Jones train and maybe maybe. The Steelers need to consider where they put Dan Moore Jr. Maybe he does need to slide over to the right side if Chooksacore is going to struggle with it. But if Dan Moore is going to struggle with it too, doesn't quite matter. Bottom line is this Steelers' offensive line has to get a lot better. We'll see if they get a lot better as the, as the season uh, improve, uh, progresses. We saw them improve last year. The Steelers are going to need them to improve the rest of this season. I'm your host, Chris Carter. This is the Locked on Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, sorry. For all the production problems we had we're a little shorter today because we're running low on time as far as uh how much time we have to get this stuff done so i can get back on my travels but we'll see you back in pittsburgh i'll be back on for a full wednesday episode we hope to have alan saunders on then but we will have that and crossover thursday on the lockdown Steelers podcast we hope you're enjoying the rest of your week and we'll get you ready as we keep getting you closer to the Steelers and see if kenny pickett is going to play against the titans on thursday night football i'm chris carter the lockdown Steelers podcast thanks again for tuning in